Hi, this is Guardian Australia Reads. I'm Jane Lee. Every week, we ask Guardian Australia's editors what their favourite articles are, and then we read them aloud for you. Concerns over a rare blood clotting condition called TTS have been blamed for stirring vaccine hesitancy. The risks are now extremely low, thanks largely to the specialists working to make vaccinations safer. Today, we hear their story. Julian Drape is Guardian Australia's evening news editor. Julian, tell me what you like about this piece. There are lots of terrible stories about COVID, but this is a really good news story, and it's important to shine a light on some of the brilliant individuals who have been working so hard to keep us safe. In this case, a bunch of dedicated haematologists who got ahead of the curve on the risks posed by the AstraZeneca vaccine. Guardian Australia's medical editor, Melissa Davey, has had an intense past 18 months reporting on the pandemic, but here she gets to highlight how doctors, unprompted by government or health authorities, have enabled Australia to avoid the worst outcomes of the pandemic. Let's hear it. This is Just in Time, How Australian Doctors Drastically Reduce Deaths from Vaccine-Linked Blood Clots, by Melissa Davey. It was during an urgent meeting to discuss a baffling blood clotting condition that haematologist Professor Huan Tran received the call he knew was inevitable. The adrenaline began to run a bit. Tran is the director of the Ronald Sawyer Haemophilia Centre in Melbourne. He says, But the one thing I've learned over the years is when you see a very difficult situation, you don't panic. You take a step back and you calmly think through the problem and present the solution. The call on the 1st of April was about a 44-year-old health worker who had just turned up to a Melbourne emergency department complaining of fever, fatigue, head fogginess and serious abdominal pain. Eight days earlier, he had received his first dose of the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine. The rollout of the AstraZeneca vaccine had begun in Australia just a couple of weeks before the meeting. At the time, the condition known as TTS, also called vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia, was being described by countries where the vaccine had been administered for months. It was being triggered by an extreme immune system reaction. The condition led to a low platelet count and often to blood clotting in arteries and veins at unusual sites in the brain and abdomen. Mortality was high. Between 25 and 50% of those with TTS died in those first months. That first Melbourne patient, though severely affected by TTS clotting in the abdomen and requiring surgery, survived. Tran says, That first case was so important as it taught us a lot. It was a new entity and we wanted to have both the best treatment option and the best outcome for the patient. There were constant phone calls between us all that first afternoon when we confirmed the diagnosis. At the same time as we were having high-level meetings to address this new syndrome, we also had those guidelines up online at the end of the same day. It was a huge collaborative effort. A few days later, Tran received a call about the second case in the Northern Territory. Australia recorded a total of 148 cases of confirmed or probable TTS as of the 30th of September. From 11.6 million AstraZeneca vaccine doses, 
Just eight of these cases have proved fatal. A fatality rate from TTS of just over 5%. Most cases, 129, have been discharged from hospital. In Australia, the risk of dying from TTS after vaccination is about one in a million in people who receive the first dose, and the risk is even lower after the second dose. The low death rate is in no small part due to the work of specialists like TRAN. The meetings to work on treatment guidelines and early diagnosis were organised and led by haematologist Dr Vivian Chen. She was not asked by government. She took the initiative to bring clinicians, laboratory scientists and researchers together herself. She is the reason there was a treatment protocol in time for the first patient. There was a huge sense of urgency in the week leading up to the first case. Chen is the leader of the Platelet and Thrombosis Research Laboratory at the University of Sydney and a specialist at Concord Hospital. She says, This was all done after hours on top of our regular jobs, on the weekend and evenings. Everyone I reached out to answered the call. We also had the benefit of learning from colleagues overseas. So just in time for the first case, we already had a plan in place. As that first patient was being wheeled to the scanner to look for blood clots, they were already given non-heparin blood thinning medications. As well as blood thinners, patients are also given intravenous immune globulin, or IVIG, a product that comes from plasma and made up of antibodies. Chen says IVIG is an important and precious therapy. And what we managed to do very early was have the National Blood Authority approve urgent access to it for doctors who suspect TTS. There is someone on call 24 hours a day at the authority to approve IVIG requests and issue the product to hospitals. At the same time as creating guidelines, Chen was also attempting to set up diagnostic testing for Australia, talking to experts in Germany to access blood samples from positive cases from abroad. She says this was so we could test diagnostic systems in preparation for the cases we knew would occur in Australia. The expert group also established a protocol for doctors to quickly assess whether emergency patients were likely to have TTS. This is critical because, Chen says, the sooner someone gets treatment, the better the outcome. Treatment for TTS is different than for a regular blood clot. For a regular clot, the main thing is to start blood thinning medications. While that's also key for TTS treatment, the type of blood thinning agent used is very important as the wrong thinner may make things worse. We know the mechanism of TTS is that the blood clots are triggered by an immune response whereby an antibody causes cells called platelets to activate and that drives this really very strong clotting process. So patients need to have a strategy to address that immune-mediated mechanism. And that is where IVIG comes in. These diagnostic and treatment guidelines have been shared through the Thrombosis and Hemostasis Society of Australia and New Zealand to assist healthcare workers widely. 
There has also been a strong public awareness campaign so that people recognise the symptoms of concern. Though the death rate is lower than first feared, the expert advisory group that provides independent advice on vaccination, the Australian Technical Advisory Group on Immunisation, or ATAGI, has maintained its advice that Pfizer should be the preferred vaccine for those under 60 in non-outbreak settings due to the TTS risk. Chen believes this advice remains appropriate because while the condition is rarer and less deadly than first thought, and the vaccine is overwhelmingly safe, for those who do get severe TTS cases, it can lead to death or ongoing health issues and disability. The co-chair of ATAGI, epidemiologist and infectious diseases physician, Professor Alan Cheng, says... The mortality is lower than had been anticipated from UK data. This is probably related to high awareness in the public and healthcare providers with timely and appropriate treatment, as well as potentially detecting milder cases. However, we remain concerned about the severity of thrombosis with thrombocytopenia syndrome, particularly in younger people. He says the most severe cases in this age group, especially involving clots in the brain or abdomen, often lead to long-term health issues. Chen and Tran are continuing to monitor and study all TTS patients to learn more about the condition, including how the diagnosis affects people psychologically. Chen says it is still the case that there is no known risk factor to determine who might develop the syndrome aside from being vaccinated with AstraZeneca. Incidence is also slightly higher in those under 60. Severity seems to be skewed towards younger females. Chen says, we believe that by doing this, we'll be able to further improve the outcomes for people with TTS by hopefully being able to better identify those at risk, but also finding out whether or not there are any other treatment strategies that we may be able to access. That was Just In Time, How Australian Doctors Drastically Reduced Deaths from Vaccine-Linked Blood Clots by Melissa Davey. The reader was Carmelina DiGuglielmo. To read the article, go to Guardian Australia's website. This episode was produced by Alison Chan, Camilla Haddon and Daniel Simo. I'm Jane Lee. See you next time. <laughs>